0: section number twenty seven of ancient poems ballads and songs of the peasantry of england this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by linda-marie Nielsen, vancouver b c the berkshire lady's garland in four parts to the tune of the royal forester when we first met with this very pleasing english ballad we deemed the story to be wholly fictitious but strange as the relation may appear the incidents narrated are true or at least founded on fact the scene of the ballad is whitley park near reading in berkshire and not as some suppose calcott house which was not built till 1759 whitley is mentioned as the abbot's park being at the entrance of reading town at the dissolution the estate passed to the crown and the mansion seems from time to time to have been used as a royal palace till the reign of elizabeth by whom it was granted along with the estate to sir francis Knolly's, it was afterwards by purchase the property of the kendricks an ancient race descended from the saxton kings william kendrick of whitley armory was created a baronet in 1679 and died in 1685 leaving issue one son sir william kendrick of whitley barrister who married miss mary house of reading and died in sixteen ninety nine without issue male leaving an only daughter it was this rich heiress who possessed store of wealth and beauty bright that is the heroine of the ballad she married benjamin child esquire a young and handsome but very poor attorney of reading, and the marriage is traditionally reported to have been brought about exactly as related in the ballad. We have not been able to ascertain the exact date of the marriage, which was celebrated in St Mary's Church, Reading, the bride wearing a thick veil, but the ceremony must have taken place some time about seventeen o five in seventeen fourteen mr Child was high sheriff of berkshire as he was an humble and obscured personage previously to his espousing the heiress of whitley and in fact owed all his wealth and influence to his marriage it cannot be supposed that immediately after his union he would be elevated to so important and dignified a post as the high chivalry of the very aristocratical county of Berks, we may therefore consider nine or ten years to have elapsed betwixt his marriage and his holding the office of high sheriff which he filled when he was about thirty-two years of age the author of the ballad is unknown supposing him to have composed it shortly after the events which he records we cannot be far wrong in fixing its date about 1706 the earliest broadside we have seen contains a rudely executed but by no means bad likeness of queen anne the reigning monarch at that period part one showing cupid's conquest over a coy lady of five thousand a year bachelors of every station mark this strange and true relation which in brief to you i bring never was a stranger thing you shall find it worth the hearing loyal love is most endearing when it takes the deepest root yielding charms and gold to boot some will wed for love of treasure but the sweetest joy and pleasure is in faithful love you'll find grace with a noble mind such a noble disposition had this lady with submission of whom i this sonnet write store of wealth and beauty bright she had left by a good granum full five thousand pounds per annum which she held without control thus she did in riches roll though she had vast store of riches which some persons much bewitches yet she bore a virtuous mind not the least to pride inclined many noble persons courted this young lady tis reported but their labor proved in vain they could not her favor gain though she made a strong resistance yet by cupid's true assistance she was conquered after all how it was declare i shall being at a noble wedding near the famous town of reading a young gentleman she saw who belonged to the law as she viewed his sweet behaviour every courteous carriage gave her new addition to her grief forced she was to seek relief privately she then inquired about him so much admired both his name and where he dwelt such was the hot flame she felt then at night this youthful lady called her coach which being ready homeward straight she did return but her heart with flames did burn Part two showing the lady's letter of a challenge to fight him upon his refusing to wed her in a mask without knowing who she was night and morning for a season in her closet would she reason with herself and often said why has love my heart betrayed i that have so many slighted am at length so well requited for my griefs are not a few now i find what love can do he that has my heart in keeping though i for his sake be weeping little knows what grief i feel but i'll try it out with steel for i will a challenge send him and a point where i'll attend him in a grove without delay by the dawning of the day he shall not the least discover that i am a virgin lover by the challenge which i send but for justice i contend he has caused sad distraction and i come for satisfaction which if he denies to give one of us shall cease to live having thus her mind revealed she her letter closed and sealed which when it came to his hand the young man was at a stand in her letter she conjured him for to meet and well assured him recompense he must afford or dispute it with the sword having read this strange relation he was in a consternation but advising with his friend he persuades him to attend be of courage and make ready faint heart never one fair lady in regard it must be so i along with you must go part three showing how they met by appointment in a grove where she obliged him to fight or wed her early on a summer's morning when bright Phoebus was adorning every bower with his beams the fair lady came it seems at the bottom of a mountain near a pleasant crystal fountain there she left her gilded coach while the grove she did approach covered with her mask and walking there she met her lover talking with a friend that he had brought so she asked him who he sought i am challenged by a gallant who resolves to try my talent who he is i cannot say but i hope to show him play it is i that did invite you you shall wed me or i'll fight you underneath those spreading trees therefore choose you which you please you shall find i do not vapor i have brought my trusty rapier therefore take your choice said she either fight or marry me said he madam pray what mean you in my life i've never seen you pray unmask your visage show then i'll tell you ay or no i will not my face uncover till the marriage ties are over therefore choose you which you will wed me sir or try your skill step within that pleasant bower with your friend one single hour strive your thoughts to reconcile and i'll wander here the while while this beauteous lady waited the young bachelors debated what was best for to be done Quoth his friend the hazard run if my judgment can be trusted wed her first you can't be worsted if she's rich you'll rise to fame if she's poor why you're the same he consented to be married all three in a coach were carried to a church without delay where he wed the lady gay though sweet pretty cupids hovered round her eyes her face was covered with a mask he took her thus just for better or for worse with a courteous kind behavior she presents his friend a favour, and withal dismissed him straight, that he might no longer wait. Part 4 Showing how they rode together in her gilded coach to her noble seat or castle, etc. As the gilded coach stood ready, the young lawyer and his lady rode together till they came to her house of state and fame which appeared like a castle where you might behold a parcel of young cedars tall and straight just before her palace gate hand in hand they walked together to a hall or parlor rather which was beautiful and fair all alone she left him there two long hours there he waited her return at length he fretted and began to grieve at last for he had not broke his fast still he sat like one amazed round a spacious room he gazed which was richly beautified but alas HE LOST HIS BRIDE. THERE WAS PEEPING, LAUGHING, SNEERING, ALL WITHIN THE LAWYER'S HEARING, BUT HIS BRIDE HE COULD NOT SEE. WOULD I WERE AT HOME, THOUGHT HE. WHILE HIS HEART WAS MELANCHOLY, SAID THE STEWARD, BRISK AND jolly, TELL ME, FRIEND, HOW CAME YOU HERE? You some bad design i fear he replied dear loving master you shall meet with no disaster through my means in any case madame brought me to this place then the steward did retire saying that he would inquire whether it was true or no ne'er was lover hampered so now the lady who had filled him with those fears full well beheld him from a window as she dressed pleased at the merry jest when she had herself attired in rich robes to be admired she appeared in his sight like a moving angel bright sir my servants have related how some hours you have waited in my parlour tell me who in my house you ever knew madame if i have offended it is more than i intended a young lady brought me here that is true said she my dear i can be no longer cruel to my joy and only jewel thou art mine and i am thine hand and heart i do resign once i was a wounded lover now these fears are fairly over by receiving what i gave thou art lord of what i have beauty honor love and treasure a rich golden stream of pleasure With his lady he enjoys, Thanks to Cupid's kind decoys. Now he's clothed in rich attire, Not inferior to a squire. Beauty, honour, riches store, What can a man desire more? End of The Berkshire Lady's Garland